Hello, Team Builder, and thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Cavert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Good, Michelle. I'm I'm reflecting right now. Good, good. We're enjoying. We're getting a lot of free water around Denver, so a lot of rain. Yeah. Okay. Which has been that's my cousin calls a free water. Okay. I was like, waters, where are you going with that? <laughs> it waters her her garden. Got it. Um, and she she calls it free water, and the sun has been coming out last couple days, so we're now enjoying. We're appreciating the sun. Yes. I think when the sun goes away for a while, the Coloradans out here go. Hey, where did the sun go? Right. We love you. Come back. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's been kind of happening. And we're predicting even more rain coming up. So we love, we need a lot of rain here Yeah. Uh, in Colorado. We are low yeah. on the moisture. And we don't have humidity. like Not very much. <laughs> only, <laughs> only when it, before and after rain, get a little bit. But yeah. well, that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's it. So otherwise, no humidity here. So any ounce of rain we get is welcome. Yeah, so. we love it. And you? Doing good. Yeah, it's uh, it's busy at Training Wheels headquarters. We got lots of orders coming in, lots of orders going out, and and uh, so yeah, it's busy. I've got my new website going live soon, so that's exciting. And yeah. so um, so anyway, yeah. yep, lots of good fun stuff. Yeah. What are what the heck are we talking about? What did we decide? We had a question from a mutual friend, yep. our friend Jennifer, mm-hmm. and. She was asking us about some good closing activities. So yes. officially, we're calling this episode Bringing Them Back Together with Engaging Closers. Yes. So you and I are going to share some of our go-tos. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to admit publicly right now that I am still trying to, I don't know if I'll, I'll ever perfect, but I'm really getting trying to get better at closing and bringing it back together. Mm-hmm. Um, Jennifer, we, we actually just called her, we which did. is so fun. <laughs> and she was working she on was? a Zoom call at a b- little break, which was kind of cool. And she specifically said, you know, how do you bring them back together after they've done, you know, say maybe a morning of team building and then an afternoon of highs? Right. It's hard to then, you know, the idea, how do you bring them back together and leave with something that's that's worthwhile, that we want them to leave with some growth opportunity or some learning opportunity. Uh, we'll, we'll address that in a sense and mm-hmm. how we might tackle that. But even just closings that are, you know, quote unquote, worth it yeah. you know, to them. How do we get them to re-engage? Uh, it, it brings me to an interesting, I, I cannot find, put my finger on the article that I read this from, but someone had it suggested years ago that made me think differently about what we remember the most was what we did last. Mm. And then when you look at programming, typically what we do is what? Team building right away, mm-hmm. which is a progression. Right. And then we know, okay, we've got to lead them and get them ready for the highs. Then we do the highs. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we, the, the theory is we kind of forget about those team building aspects mm. And we remember the thrilling activity or the, the feelings that we experience with highs. And, you know, what is the learning there? Was that the purpose of that whole group thing or were there multiple purposes? And, yeah, how do you, how do you close with that dynamics? Could you do highs in the beginning 
and team building mm -hmm. in, in the second half. Okay. You know, first half is highs, team building second half. Uh, there's some pros and cons of that kind of programming progression. And I know people who do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, you know, leave that open to talk about maybe then by ending with the team building part, they're walking away with those team dynamic uh, lessons. So that was a, a little soapbox thing that I thought I'd throw <laughs> out there in that idea of, you know, we don't always have to program highs at the end. We could progress highs and leave them with that last team bonding experience kind of thing. And I will say for me, the closers, the bringing them back together at the very end, that's my sweet spot and that's my favorite thing because now we really do get them into a space where they're reflecting on the entire day and not just one portion of the day. You know, and this episode specifically might kind of speak more to the ropes course field. However, I will say that I use some of the activities that we're going to suggest, I use those for my corporate boardroom ones as well, where we never leave the ground and we never leave the room type of thing as well. So, um, yeah. so I think it'll it'll still fit multiple audiences and also hit some specific ones. Yeah, mine too. Now I'm looking at the list. Mine too. You can use them for any kind of group gathering mm -hmm. if you want to just do some reflection. Yeah. Or debriefing, yeah. Well, what so do you got? Give us one. First and foremost, I will say at the very end of the day, let's say you've, especially if you're doing this programming like for a full like eight-hour day, at the very end of that, everybody is tired. It doesn't matter what you did. If you were in the in the classroom, in the boardroom, and you just did all lows for the day, or you're doing skill building and, and teaching of skills and things like that, or if you're doing a high ropes course, at the end of the day, when you have asked people to use their bodies and their brains together at the exact same time outside of what they normally do, they will be physically and mentally exhausted by the time 4.45 rolls around, you know? And so, so with that in mind, um, I also, I want to make sure that A, I'm leaving enough time. So that's my first challenge to you, all you facilitators out there, leave enough time for this final conversation because it's so important that we make sure that we are reflecting properly on what they did because there's value in the experience, but there's more value in the reflection of the experience. Mm -hmm. And leave more than you think you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you can always fill up time with good discussion. Absolutely. But one thing I always do now, you know, and I, I will say I didn't do this earlier in my facilitation career, but I always do now is that whatever question I ask them, you know, whether it's, I'm doing it with a prop base, like the body part debrief or something like that, or metaphor cards, image cards, whatever, whatever it is that I'm doing, I always have them pair and share first. Because in my mind, and pairing and sharing, what I mean by that is I ask the question, and rather than that awkward silence where you're waiting for one person to, you know, volunteer to be the first person to talk, <laughs> what I do, I'm like, turn to the person standing next to you and discuss that question with them first. You know, and if you have groups of two and three, that's totally fine. But what I love about pairing and sharing is that it gives everybody an opportunity to have their voice be heard and for them to share their own thoughts. Because in the large group sharing, let's say you had 40 people even in a group and one person talking and 39 people listening, there's one person really getting to reflect and not everybody. So by pairing and sharing, everybody gets the opportunity to at least reflect a little bit. And that really can change the energy. I know one thing that Jennifer was, she was like, I just don't want to leave them with kind of feeling like, like a kind of a dud or on a low after we just did this amazing stuff together. 
but pairing and sharing first and then bringing it back to the large group, asking for three or four or five volunteers to share either something that they shared in their small group or something that their a partner shared that was really good. Um, and that way then we have this large group shared experience that also helps you, the facilitator, also be able to hear a few of the things that were being said as well. So you are also a part of the process. Okay, give me an example. You know, I always try to play this out in my brain because I learn from you so much. Say you're going to do the body part debrief. Mm-hmm. Yep. How would you pair and share before that? How okay. would you set it up? To, yeah, so explain I, to us how you'd set it up. I always front load. The body part debrief, um, if you don't know it, is my hands down, pun intended, my favorite debriefing activity because it's they're little stress reliever uh, body part shaped uh, balls, if you will. And um, what I do is I usually put six or seven of them out into the center of the circle or hold them up to where everybody could see them. And I front load the metaphors that might be associated with each part. For example, I say, all right, everybody, um, I'm a, we're in the final debriefing of our day, the final moments of our day, and I really want us to reflect on what happened today. And so here in the center of the circle, I've got this, these individual body parts here. And so what I want you to do is each one of these metaphorically could mean something different. For example, with the brain, what is something new that you learned today or something that you thought of? With the heart, what's a feeling you experienced or something you took to heart? With a hand, you can either give a hand to somebody for a job well done, or maybe what was a way that the group supported you or lent you a hand today? With the stomach, what took guts to do or pushed you outside your comfort zone? Or maybe it's gonna take you a little bit of time to digest all the new learning and the information that you got today. Uh, With the foot, maybe identify a step in a new direction for yourself or for the team. And then maybe with the eyeball, um, what is something new you saw in yourself or someone else? Or maybe what's a vision that you have for what this group looks like when you go back into the real world. So really, that probably took me about 90 seconds to describe. But now, in that 90 seconds, what's happening is all your participants, they're kind of, they're following your metaphoric conversation, but they're resonating towards one, or they're gravitating towards one of those parts. And so then when I say, just turn to a partner, share with them which part would you choose, and, and then explain your, why you chose that part. What, what is the experience that you can attach to the metaphor of that part? And, so, and then give them five minutes. So literally, if you've only left five minutes in the, le- in the end of your day to do it, this is one you could still do. Do a super quick you know, front-loading of what the parts are, turn and have a quick conversation, and then turn back to the large group. All right, let's hear from three or four of you. Um, what was something that either you said or your partner said that was really great that we could end our, our time together on? Have the three or four people share? That's awesome. I'm so glad you all got to an opportunity to reflect on share on today. Thank you so much for playing. See you next time. And don't leave five minutes left for processing. Right, exactly. That's what Michelle and I are telling you. Don't leave. And I know sometimes it's just five minutes. Right. And I know you, I think you may have others. There's others that we can do yeah. um, that will you could do for five minutes just to get them to think. But I love the pair and share because you could give them a question, pair and share, and at least they get to talk mm-hmm. at the end. And then that helps the brain remember things yep. uh, before they go onto their next adventure. Right. Yeah, one of my favorite ones, I, I like to do my closings, my successful feelings of closings are what I call through processing activities. Mm. So through processing means that I will introduce the tool 
at the beginning of a program and then I'll continually use that tool throughout the program and then use it as my closing. So we're gonna, mm. we're gonna collect data and then at the end, we're gonna share the data. Mm. So for example, one of my favorite ones is, because it's, it's, it's something that we can kind of data dump, hold onto the data, and then look at the data later, is called the jar. I just get an empty jar uh, and some small slips of paper and have a, a couple of pens ready. So I'm kind of carrying this little bag with me. And let's say we're working on that one of their outcomes is to practice leadership. We want to discover what this group feels or believes to be good leadership. What are the behaviors of good leadership? So uh, as we do an activity, we're going to kind of bring up questions about, you know, recognize leadership, recognize when you take leadership or when you give, you know, let other people um, take on leadership roles. Uh, recognize what you like about the leader. Recognize what you might do differently as a leader. Recognize the things that you see and hear about the leadership as much as you can. And we're going to talk about those things after each activity. So that's how I front load. And then we go, we get finished with an activity. Then I'll bring out the paper and a couple pens, have the jar ready. And then I ask, okay, what did you see and hear during this activity about the leadership? So when we can identify behaviors, what I tell them is it's easier to change behaviors than the concept of leadership. We're, de we're defining what makes up leadership to you, and then we're deciding whether we like that or not, and then if we need to change something. So let's identify leadership behaviors. What you see and hear from the leader, right? They don't always have to be positive. You know, ooh, this is a behavior that I saw in the leader um, that happened. You don't have to say it was good or bad. You just say, you know, they, uh, the leader uh, told us what to do. Uh, the leader um, delegated leadership responsibilities, let other people lead. The leader spoke with a, a, a tone that seemed a little demeaning. You know, so we want to identify those things we see in here. We write them on a piece of paper. If you've got an idea, write it on a piece of paper. Share it if you feel comfortable. If not, you can be anonymous. And you put it in the jar. And we basically don't have to talk about anything else. Just what did you see? What did you identify? What did you understand about leadership? We keep collecting these little pieces of data. We don't dwell on it too much. We don't talk about it yet uh, unless they need to, right? And then at the end of a program, so my close then would be pulling out those slips of paper and, and talking about those things that people uh, recognized about leadership. Then we can say, well, what are the things you want to keep doing as a group? Hey, we want to keep doing this, this, and this, and this. Hey, what do you think you want to change as a group? What are the things, give me two things you want to work on together as you go on together outside of the challenge course that you want to commit to working on. So now we have an action plan. And then I take those data points, I usually will type them up for the group and I'll send them to the group. And then that way they have a reference if they want to continue to be reminded of what they want to do, want to keep doing what they want to change. Mm. So that's a through processing method that you don't have to spend a lot of time debriefing if you're a little nervous about it. They're giving you data. You're just collecting it and then sharing out what they said. Nice. Yeah. All right. One of my favorites. Yeah, that's awesome. I like it. Um, and your jar could be whatever you want. It doesn't have to be a glass jar. It could be a plastic container. Z a Ziploc bag. Right. It could be whatever. Yep. Mm -hmm. Just okay. to collect the paper. Awesome. Um, let's see here. My next one that I think I love to close with, you know, here's another thing. Um, I mentioned 
just a little bit ago that at the very end of a very long day, people are going to be exhausted, tired, right? Mentally, physically. So one of my favorites that is an action-oriented or reflection, um, movement and reflection type of activity is called shuffle left, shuffle right. It is another one of my favorites. I know I say that all the time. I have a lot of favorite debriefing activities. but, but And I have done this with groups of 100 people. I've done it with groups of 10. So it works with a wide variety of size of groups as well. But you basically just ask everybody to get into a circle. You know, um, It doesn't have to be shoulder to shoulder. It kind of depends on if you're inside, how big your room is. If you're outside, it can be big enough, but you still need to be able to hear one another. And, uh, and then tell them and just say, in a minute, I'm going to ask everyone to shuffle left. And, everyone, and then I demonstrate, and everyone will just kind of shuffle to the left a little bit, right? Kind of a, a sh- you know, quick pace, you know, but just shuffle your feet a little bit to the left. And then if you have something that you would like to share, um, it's something that you learned today. I, uh, this is also one where I actually throw the body parts in the center sometimes as well. So you can kind of stack these on activities on top of one another. And... Um, and say, if you want to share with the group something that you learned another day or share one of the body parts or whatever, just say stop and the whole group will stop in place. Then you'll have your 20 or 30 seconds to share. Please no five minute acceptance speeches, which is how I always describe it. It gets a little chuckle and uh, and and it's true. I don't want people to, sh- to share for five minutes, right? Um, you know, again, right, right group, maybe you do. But, you know, again, for the most part, if it's the very last closer, um, you know, generally it's, you know, you've got your two, three minutes to share or, you know, whatever. And then after you're finished, then group, give the group a direction to go, either shuffle to the left or shuffle to the right. And then the whole group will follow. And what I like about that is that it really does provide a little bit of energy at the end of a long, tiring day because everybody's in motion. Then you stop and there's focus for 20, 30 seconds. And then there's motion again. So if you work with kids group, they're not, you know, like kicking the dirt and like picking up sticks and things like that because they're they're doing something. There's movement, focus, movement, focus. And it's it, I love using it with adult groups as well because, you know, most adult groups are pretty, you know, I would say most adult jobs are pretty sedentary for the most part. So if we have had them up and active all day, they are really tired. And so this one, and the last thing that you want to have people do is nodding off in your final debrief, right? Because that's where the juicy meats, you know, keep, are. Keep them awake. Right? Keep them oh, awake yeah, and yeah, really great. keep their brains engaged okay. during this reflection time. So um, shuffle left, shuffle right is just, it's such a good one. And it's non-prop. So it doesn't mm-hmm. require anything but a little bit of room to move around. Do, do you link up elbows? You don't do you, have to. You, you can no, just I, kind of just shoulder to shoulder. Yeah, shoulder to shoulder, shoulder, just, left, you know, right. standing next to one another in the in the post-COVID era where we're not touching one another and, and things like that. You could even have people six standing six feet apart. And then just shuffle you know, and without, just shuffle bumping, without bumping into each nice, other. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one of my... Uh, we're going to say favorites. We have so many favorites, don't we? Uh, one of my other go-tos is actually called the stop and go. And this is another through processing. I think for me, it just makes that closing um, just fit more throughout a program. And there are a number of stop and go types of products. Michelle still has one. Uh, it's a small portable one, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I use, I've found a red, yellow, green uh, stress balls that are a little bigger. And then I also just ask at one of those big box stores at their paint sample cards 
if I can grab a red, yellow, green paint sample card. Mm -hmm. uh, I've also gone to red, yellow, green paint construction paper. I cut it in quarters, laminate them, and then I just have a visual, so mm -hmm. red, yellow, green. And the idea is to tell the group, I tell my group that we're gonna use these throughout the program. Depending on the activity we're doing, depending on the discussion we have, we're gonna uh, reference each color like a stoplight. So a red are the things, hey, what are the things that we want to stop doing while we're together? This is how I would frontly. What are you here, here for? You're thinking you wanna work on some things or anything you wanna make sure you don't do or stop doing. And then we get those out. Then yellow, what do we wanna be cautious of? I'm gonna tell you one thing right now, we're gonna be walking through the woods. We wanna be very careful about the ground cover and where you're walking. You don't wanna trip on anything, so that's a caution. Got any other cautions that you want to bring up to the group? Uh, and oftentimes, the most often one that I hear is, yeah, we want to talk nicely to each other, so we got to be careful about how we talk to each mm -hmm. other. Be cautious of the words we use. Good one. And then green, what do we want to go for? What are, we, what are you here to uh, get better at or grow with? What do, you want to, what do you want to attempt? Anything on the high ropes course you're nervous about? Anything about group work you want to go for today and take a chance in this safe environment? And then we continue to use that throughout each activity. After an activity, what'd you go for? What were you cautious of? What was what brought up? What did did you stop doing something that you said you were going to, or did you do that? And what do we want to remember to stop? So we reiterate that and we keep going. Um, if you have an object, you can pass it around. Like Michelle has these objects that you can get from the Stop and Go product. Very cool stuff that focuses on certain topics. Three topics are good to remember. Stoplight is pretty much everybody knows what that is. Right. And then at the end, you just bring it all back together. What are the things we went for? What's our green light? What do we, I usually start with the red mm. and end with the green. Okay. So look back, what are the, th did you stop the things you agreed to stop? Um, did, they, did they show up and why do they show up? It's hard to change, it's hard to change behaviors. What do you wanna make sure you're stopping uh, once you leave this program in everyday life. You know, stop making fun of others. Stop um, excluding people, right? If we want to recognize these things. How about caution? What were some cautions? What were you cautious about? Did you pay attention to certain things? And then green, what did you go for? What did, you could pair and share and say, what did you go for today? What are the things that you were proud of? Anything that stood out for you that was exciting and then come back to the group and then share out a few things. So any of you could do pair and share for each color if you have time. You could do pair and share for the green and then share out the end and, and a good visual aid and you don't have to think about a lot of questions. Uh, if you're a new facilitator, that's helpful. If you know by the end of the day we're all tired, even facilitators are tired. So can we keep that focus throughout a program and then reintroduce that stuff? We don't have to think about anything new at the end of the program, we've already done it all day. So now we just reference what we did during yeah. the day. So that's a really fun one. That's okay, an easy cool. one to travel around with too, yeah, like, like a body parts. Chris, when we were um, discussing, you know, when we were pre-briefing before we started recording too, you had mentioned something else that I thought was a really good idea. Of, and it kind of, I think, matches with your through process. But it is, you know, if you've done your team activities in the morning, um, you know, and then you're gonna break for lunch, making sure that whatever, doing a really good debrief of what the team experience was that morning, that then, you know, and then record that data somehow, whether it be in the jar, or whether it be, you know, 
you know, flip chart paper, flip chart paper yeah. or something mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that then when you do bring them all back together after they do the high course in the afternoon and you bring them all back together later, you have got those lists of things again and maybe you focus back on that list. I'm like, okay, um, you know, we did this this morning. Look at all these amazing things we talked about that we did this morning. This afternoon you did some great stuff, you know, and like what could we add to this list? So you're still acknowledging the things that they said earlier and now we're going to add to the list and, you know, have them turn, pair and share which one is the thing that's most resonating with you, bring back to the full circle, you know, have yeah. two or three people share out again. And um, that might help so that way you're not feeling like you're losing what all the great yeah. things you did in the morning when you come back in the afternoon. Yeah, so after you've done those highs with right. the high energy and the feelings that came out, tends to be very personal. Mm -hmm. And then reminding them of what they did together as a group. And I love keeping data on flip charts on, on the chart because then I can send them something. Mm -hmm. And that way, they if they choose to use it, they have data to help their team continue to learn and grow. Right. Versus just, so oh, that was great, and then they move on. So the idea of collecting and sharing data is good. It's just, and for you, if if you keep that, then if they come back to you, if you have ongoing programs, and you say, here's what we did last time. Right. And what do we want to build on that? Yeah. Excellent. Well, we hope these were helpful, and uh, we probably could, <laughs> we actually have like six other things on our list that we didn't get to. Maybe a part two. And so maybe we'll do a part two on this one. Yeah, let us know if you need a part two. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris about team building.